remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. And Leslie. And we are here to encourage you on your spiritual path. Today's theme is heaven. And um, we don't know where we'll go with that. But (laughs) if you've listened to several of our shows, you know that we hardly ever really know where we're going. (laughs) We say yes to spirit and allow spirit to direct the conversation. And that is what makes this hour probably be one of the best hours of my uh, week. Somehow I can really manage to let go and let God in this circumstance and with our conversations and, you know, the other times of my week, I'm really much more into needing to control the outcome. So it's an interesting lesson for me to see how things work out so well and, and how I learn things from myself that I didn't even know when I just kind of let go. You know, it's like that inner wisdom kicks in when I let go. But, uh, so I really appreciate you doing this with me every week. <laughs> I can have well, at least one hour of uninterrupted uh, <laughs> spirit flowing. Well, you know, it's funny. I hadn't, had not really thought about it that way, but it is true that saying yes to spirit and practicing it in this hour develops you know, continues to develop that ability to consciously choose, okay, wait, 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 I can do this. I do it every week for an hour, right? (laughs) All right. I I, I could do this if it's really important to me. I could say yes to spirit, get out of my own way. So, um, yeah, so we hope that those of you who are listening in, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the archive, that you too in this time will say yes to whatever spirit has in store for you in this conversation today. Well, we always um, start, even though we have a theme for the week, we always connect the dots. So um, last week we talked about visioning, the process of visioning, and um, I bet Leslie has a connection (laughs) between visioning and heaven. Leslie has a new appreciation for visioning. You know, I really, I so struggled with that just as a as a concept and as a practice. And, um, you know, the things that I got from the visioning that you did, Tracy, were really kind of very good for me to see. And I, I kind of sense that for the first time it really kind of, I don't want to say that it never not works, but, you know, for the first time I was really able to kind of get myself out of the way and let that flow happen. And I think, to connect the dots to heaven is the idea of the, and I think we'll talk about it at some point, is the heaven within, that, that spirit wisdom within, which for me in understanding how visioning works now a little bit better, I think that's really what I'm tapping into is that inner knowledge that I have that I might not know I have and when I can quiet myself and, and ask the questions and sit and be still and be receptive, um, you know, some of that comes through sometimes more easily than other times, but uh, last week was a 
Plus, it was a good reasoning session for me. Good for you. Good for you for doing that for us. Wow, good for God. <laughs> good for God, exactly that. All the way around, all good, all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it. I think it is really, as we talked about last week, a lot of times people confuse visioning with visualizing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when we go into visioning kind of thinking we know what we want or we know what to expect, it is, it's challenging to just simply be receptive. Right. And notice when you're being receptive what's happening because we also tend to think that if we're receptive, God will speak to us, like, you know, in in sentences and paragraphs. <laughs> And, and start off by saying, this is God, really, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> right. This is God, and this is what you should do. <laughs> um, and, a lot, and a lot of times in visioning, it's so much more subtle. It's, you know, a feeling or a color, or, and it doesn't, you know, make sense to our logical brain. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. you know, it will unfold, something else will happen and you'll go, oh, that's, oh, yeah, oh, that's what that meant. Right. And and also just the practice of it, I think I'm always, you know, I just want that quick fix. So if I do something one time, I expect it to be magical and certainly it can be, but many times it takes a repetitive action. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, visioning has been something I've done very sporadically, but in the last three months I've done four or five times and so that last time last week you know I feel like I finally kind of got into a groove with it and and I tend to if it doesn't work the first time you know then I'm more like well forget that practice so it's right. important to remind that myself keep trying Leslie you know give it at least two times right right <laughs> or five yeah. yeah maybe five would be even better right well cool I think there is a um there is definitely a connection for where we're going today. And if anyone's listening and they're trying to follow what we're talking about, I just want to remind everyone that um, you can go to the archive or to um, shows on demand on the Yes, Say Yes to Spirit main page. And you can... Just listen to the pre, you know, any of the previous shows, and, and this show was focused on visioning. And we actually did a little visioning session in the last 15 minutes, an abbreviated one, so you can actually experience a taste of what the process is like. Like that, like that when we actually give the tools, do the tools. Yeah, that was pretty fun. We'll have to figure out some additional ways to do that in the future with other mm-hmm. things. So, um, anything else with Connect the Dots? I can't think of it, upward and onward to the idea of heaven. Great. Well, then let's take a little break, and then we'll come back after the break and dive into heaven.
Okay, well, welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. Today's theme is heaven. And um, this is Tracy and Leslie, and we are going to explore this topic of heaven in the context of saying yes to spirit. And, you know, again, this topic brings back, you know, kind of a knee-jerk reaction to, you know, my spiritual upbringing and having the sense of heaven out and away from me. And I think it's so interesting as we have these conversations to see how my belief system has changed and to reflect back on, you know, the wisdom, the way that I kind of, you know, worked through some different things in my own journey to be able to come to my current beliefs. And that's always so hopeful to me to think, you know, there's the ongoing journey and there is, there is evidence to prove that, you know, the wisdom continues, right? And, you know, two, three, four, five, fifteen years from now, you know, the idea of it will continue to evolve and, and mature. So I like heaven because it's an easy, it's an easy thing for me to talk about because I have a long history of the idea of it, right? Instead of, you know, vision, it was a new idea to me. So this is, uh, thinking about this topic while I was driving, I'm like, oh, yeah, lots to say about heaven, lots to say, so. Well, and I was just thinking about, you know, when you said how, how your beliefs have shifted, have changed over time. I was thinking about, oh, yeah, what did I used to think or growing up, what did I learn about heaven? And it's, yeah, heaven is someplace you go or you, you hope to go after you die. You hope to go, right, after right, right. death. And that there were all these requirements, these, you know, hoops you had to jump through to be considered, let alone or to be eligible mm-hmm. to go to heaven. And then, you know, what was heaven? Heaven was the kingdom of God, and heaven was up in the air, and there were streets of gold and, you know, and uh, riches, all the riches you couldn't have on earth because on earth you were, you know, a sinner, and you a were sinner, right. you were not eligible to you know, you were supposed to suffer here and to earn your reward in heaven, and um, and then the other thing that went through my mind, all of this went through my mind like in ten seconds, flash, <laughs> flash, 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 and then I was hearing the song "Plenty Good Room," "Plenty Good Room" in my father's kingdom. And I used to love that song because, I don't know, the beat of it, the message of it, um, but all of those images flashed, like, really very quickly. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, and there was, heaven was always a good place. The question was, would I be eligible to be there, to go mm-hmm. there? Right. And did you have a sense growing up that you were eligible, or were you a little nervous? <laughs> you know. Well, I wasn't nervous. I, I but I was very, um, very clear growing up that you know you needed to behave a certain way, uh-huh. and you and and things you know would not on earth be smooth, easy, happy, and that was okay because how you handled those things 
you know, how you handled life, how you treated people, you know, would then be, you know, your passport, so to speak, into mm-hmm. heaven. And that, you know, and that that was a good thing. But I never I never had a, a doubt, really, a serious doubt, growing up, you know, as a child, you know, as a right. child into teenager. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, you have to follow the Ten Commandments and, you know. But I did. I never had this thing of worthy, you know, will I be worthy. I mean, that's kind of the way it was phrased, will you be worthy, you know. But it's, yes, if you do these things, you will be worthy. Yeah, because it's interesting. I never really, when I was in an environment where it was very, you know, outside of myself and I had to act a certain way or, you know, through some forgiveness of Jesus or something is how you're enjoying it. I never really worried about getting in. I never had any kind of message from my parents or from the Methodist church where I grew up that that, that there was anything really that I was going to do to not get into heaven. I was pretty clear that I was forgiven and, you know, I bought into the idea that Jesus was, you know, as long as I believed in Jesus, I was good to get. So there was never any fear around heaven with me, which I think I hear a lot of people in my life, I've heard talk about you know they really had some anxiety that 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 there was real there was a real possibility they might not get in you know and they kind of had the you know that was kind of on their mind even as a small child. Sad, sad, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, really. Although you know the psychology of it. Okay, this is going to be interesting. I have the hiccups. <laughs> I've never had the hiccups when we were. Doing the show before on the radio. There you go. Right. So this will be interesting to see if I can hiccup silently <laughs> and not sound like the phone broke up or something. Well, okay, there it goes that. Drink water upside down while you're uh, on the air. Uh, yeah. That's hysterical. So, and that's how, of course, it started. I was drinking water to to keep my throat moist so I wouldn't start mm. coughing. And now I have the hiccups. Um, so, but yeah, I think you know the psychology of of you may not get into heaven unless you do these things. Right. And if you're someone who, you know, for exa- example, the Ten Commandments, if you're like, I don't want to do those things, uh-huh. you know, or I'm not, you know, I am breaking the Ten Commandments. I'm ste- I'm stealing or I am, you know, being mean to people because I don't like them, you know, except that you know, how many kids really think about, well, I, I don't know, I guess a lot of kids do because it's got to be a scary thing. I have to earn earn my way. Yes, I, think, I simply yeah. am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my experience of, of adults that I know, Looking back, they certainly have had that experience of remembering being fearful in their histories, you know. And um, that is that is when you talk about the psychology of that. I've just got to believe on some level um, that there was a motivation, a psychological motivation for setting it up that way, versus 
you know, spirit or God setting it up that way. The, the original. Um, I I remember. I do remember growing up. Sometimes, not you know, not constantly, but I remember sometimes thinking that it didn't add up. That God is love, you know, and God is the Father, this benevolent presence who loves. You know, in that time, I would have said, who loves, you know, he loves everyone and everybody, and he created everyone and every, you know, everything, and, um, and you know, and God is love. And I got that message a lot, and I remember there were times when I thought, okay, this isn't adding up for me, how <laughs> God is love, but... God's going to send me to hell. Exactly, yeah, that has always been interesting, right? right. And, you know, I, re- I, I never, I think I reconciled it pretty easily, like, well, you know, I don't really have to understand that. Well, and I don't really believe that, especially as you mentioned, you know, when I really understood the message that Jesus died for my sins. And so, you know, the blood of Jesus washes my sins away. And so, like you said, as long as I believe in Jesus Christ, then all of my sins are forgiven. And so I'll I'll still go to heaven. Right. Because because God loves me because I love Jesus. (laughs) So there was an intermediary. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it's not that God... Loves God loves that I love loves that I love Jesus, and that's different than God loves me. Yeah, yeah. Just you, you doesn't matter beyond what you do or who you love. You know, that right. But if you God. love my son, then I love you, and I'll let you into my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I I I don't. Remember, I don't think that I agonized over it, but I remember there were a few times when I would be like, "Okay, I don't get this," and I think I didn't agonize over it because I never saw myself doing, you know, things that would keep me out of heaven <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she just naturally would not be the sinner, right? 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 So, I mean, there, there, and I'm, you know, not to imply that I considered that I would be perfect in any way, you know, because I, I didn't. And there were things that, you know, I saw that, you know, technically broke the Ten Commandments, things that I did that technically broke the Ten Commandments, um, but not, you know, it'd be like then you'd read in the newspaper that somebody murdered three people and you'd go, okay, well, it doesn't compare to that. <laughs> Right, right. You know, I didn't do my homework, you know, which is kind of like <laughs> cheating or, you know, I I told a lie, but, you know, it wasn't a big lie. And you know how you, you it, it's wrong, but it's like, okay, that's not going to keep me out of heaven and, you know, please, Jesus, you know, in that state. So I, you know, but I think I know now. Even a lot of people who, you know, are who are Christians who are very deeply educated about Christianity, 
who, you know, operate in Christianity from a spiritual perspective, not just a surface religion perspective that, you know, a 9-year-old or a 12-year-old mind can perceive. Right. And even, you know, with... I've had some conversations that it's very clear that, you know, the sense of heaven is how you live while you are alive in this physical body, in this physical realm, that you can be living in heaven or hell. And do you remember when that transitioned for you, when you started to believe more in the terms of heaven within or, you know, that there was a choice that heaven could be, you know, accessed in the here and now? Well, I don't remember a specific turning point, no, but I remember in my teens, in my late teens, mid to late teens, um, I remember what I probably then called, well, in my mid-teens, I probably called it a personal relationship with God, and I'm really clear that it was beyond a personal relationship with Jesus, which Mm -hmm. I probably thought I had, you know, 10 10 years old, 12, 13, but um, by the time I was 16 or 17, I really was like, okay, um, you know, there's no intermediary here that... Oh, wow, when you were that young, in your teens. Yeah. But I didn't know how to articulate it or express it, really. So then in my early 20s, in my, yeah, my, by my early 20s, I was describing myself as agnostic, not because I really didn't, you know, atheist is I don't believe a God exists, and agnostic is I'm not sure, maybe, maybe not there's a God, you know. Right. And for me it was, it was, it was, there was never a question about this spiritual presence of creation and life. And I, you know, I just, it was clear I had a, that relationship and that, you know, but I wasn't sure because everybody who would refer to God would be referring to this God outside of yourself, powerful decision maker that is judgmental. Right. And I'm like, if that's God, that's not what, I, that's not it. <laughs> that's not but, what I want to sign up for. But <clears throat> if, you know, but at the same time, I couldn't deny the existence of this amazing, infinite energy always present, you know, all of the things that, you know, that we know it to be, this spirit, this energy to be. So there were, you know, through my 20s, I think it was pretty, um, I I just didn't have any language for the experience I was having mm-hmm. with with spirit. And, but I didn't, I never stopped having the ex- an experience with spirit and a deepening, constantly deepening. You know, and then in my 30s, I found new thoughts and, started getting language around the experience I was having. So. Yeah, because that's kind of a similar thing. It's like there's some part of me that kind of knew something that I wasn't really practicing, you know, that had an inkling or an idea that heaven was within and 
I don't really remember thinking, you know, uh, having a conscious thought having it within me until I got into some of the more, you know, new thought or mystical thinking people and heard them say it. But it was always kind of an inner knowing. And like you were saying earlier, there was a inner disconnect with what I was hearing from the pulpit of a traditional church in terms of all-loving, all-powerful God that, you know, will can and is more than willing to send me to eternity in hell. <laughs> yeah, there was always that kind of inner knowing that that just didn't make sense. But um, I like the idea of language, and it's interesting until we get a language, and I think that's why in some ways the Internet has been such a powerful thing to bring language to people that maybe are in a smaller town or you know, don't have many options in terms of churches to go to that they can get access to, you know, Agape and Center for Spiritual Living and different, you know, um, New Thought churches, they can hear the, the message, you know, in every little tiny town in the world and, and maybe, you know, get a language for what they know intuitively. I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. And I just, I love... What just came to mind to me is the there's a scripture which I won't quote fully, but the you know the concept of as above, so below, and oh, uh-huh. I re- and I I remember that being one of the things that really one of the several things that really shifted me because you know I began to think about well if you know my if if heaven is above, but it's as above, so below, then it means heaven is possible on earth in physical life. And so, you know, instead of that being a total disconnect, you know, I began to think about, not intently, you know, it wasn't like I was studying it, but it just would come up often, like, hmm, so how do you make heaven below? You know, how do you bridge as above, so below? In your own life, how do you live it as if you were living in heaven? And so I played, you know, the as if game for a while, just, you know, with no pressure, just kind of experimenting with, oh, okay, if I were in heaven, I would feel this freedom and I would feel safe and I would feel this joy, this never-ending joy. All of these things, is, you know, this is how I would feel if I were in heaven. And now how do I live my life in a way that has me experiencing all of those same feelings? Yes, yes. And, and there's... Well, and there's no surprise when, you know, when you have more knowledge, there's no surprise to realize that, oh, well, I'd be living in a way that really kind of mirrors what's in the Ten Commandments, or I'm living in a way that mirrors the things that I learned in traditional um, Christianity or traditional Judaism or traditional Islam. or You know, it's it's the, the same behaviors that we learn in organized in, in more in long-standing traditional organized religions or faith practices, it's just 
more from the inside out instead of someone saying you'll be in trouble if you don't do this. And it's more here and now versus going to happen later. You know, yeah, you because you're living your life. You're right. 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 You're and living that, your life to live it now, not to earn something late for later. Right. Right. And I've often thought there's a song I listen to the Christian radio station a lot, and it's a beautiful song where the chorus is, um, "What will I do when I get to heaven and see?" Jesus, you know, will I bow to my knees? Will I be able to walk? Will I rush in and hug? And I've always thought ever since I first hearing, started hearing that song, why don't we live like we're seeing Jesus every time we see each other or see ourselves and how that would shift the experience of our world if we really lived in the here and now as if what I think Jesus said, you know, that, that we are all, um, you know, have have the God's essence within us and yes. treat each other as if, you know, we're seeing the Holy Spirit every time we greet each other in line at 7-Eleven, you know, how that because, would shift everything. Because we are. <clears throat> right, right. Exactly. And and it it definitely would change most of our lives if we really... Truly, in every conversation, in every interaction, had that that mindset. Right. I mean, if you really think about it, because you know, I've tried to do it on and off, and I, it's really extraordinary how that shifts the energy of the experience just immediately when you go in with that kind of attitude of this is this person is you know God expressing. Period. Hmm. And I maybe that maybe that'll be our homework. Not a, not around a, all week. Well, I, let's not commit to seven days, twenty-four hours, seven <laughs> days a week. <laughs> we want to set set ourselves and others up for success. <laughs> but to be aware, either to be aware throughout the week, or to choose one hour a day. To be oh, really okay. conscious, you know, one hour a day when you know that you're going to interact with other people, not one hour a day when you're at home by yourself. <laughs> but, right, right, right. And, you know, or just throughout the week to really consciously, you know, choose, oh, okay, I'm going to practice living in heaven on earth, in my life. And if I'm living in heaven, if heaven is now, then everyone I meet is also, you know, a child of God, Is has the God essence in them. Mm-hmm. And what is it like to be in heaven and know that everyone else is a part of my heaven experience? Yeah. Now, see, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea to maybe just pick an afternoon or, you know, right, just one little tiny slice of time. Okay, fine. But uh, yeah, to do that, it, it really does. It absolutely shifts the experience. And it makes people, My I used to do sales, and I would go in and do cold calls. And if I would sit in my car before I went in and kind of connect to that idea and go in with the idea that the people that I was going to meet and the, the new faces that I would, you know, try to engage with, that I would engage with them on that spiritual 
oneness versus I'm trying to sell you something or I'm trying to get something from you. It was really evident to see the difference when I took the time to center myself and to to make my thought centered on, you know, this whole experience is one of spirit, you know, the the, the outer coating of my job and, uh, you know, wanting something, needing something, all of that is sort of an illusion that, that, that this inner core is acting out, but the inner core is really the thing. And to just bring my awareness back down into that knowing, it shifted that external experience. And, you know, we talk about these things all the time, and I'm really good at talking about it, but really doing it, you know, comes and goes. But, boy, it really absolutely without fail works when we do it. When we do it, when we do it, four very important words. <laughs> that's a, a twelve-step saying. It works when you work it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> heaven, heaven, the heaven within, the heaven all around us, and every moment, every day. It all depends on how we. Show up. Right, right. How, well, the choices we make, you know, we haven't talked about that as much as we used to talk about that kind of every show, that, you know, really our daily experience is a choice of how we choose to, you know, walk our talk, so to speak. And um, it's really hard to really fully embrace that choice when things aren't going well and the outcome isn't what I want, and you know me and work, I've worked so hard, and I've done my part, and this is all I'm getting, this stuff, you know, yeah, I can get into that pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. Julia Cameron, the woman who wrote, who got famous, she's written a number of things, but she got famous when she wrote The Artist's Way. Oh, yes, very familiar, right? Um, she has a quote which I don't know word for word, um, and I don't have easy access to it in the moment. But I, she has a quote that I love, and it's about choices and it's about heaven. And it basically the quote is something like, um, you know, pearl by pearl, the choices we make as we go through our day string together. To create um, our to create artful living, so I've totally butchered that quote, but it's the idea that um, you know the choices we make as we go through the day end up, and you know, is our life joyful? Is our life um, art, artistic? Not in the sense of um, you know, like visual or performing art, but a creation of joy. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, people will say, oh, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Okay. <laughs> so you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but what's your excuse an hour later? <laughs> you know, okay. what's your, that, was eight, that was 6 a.m. What's your excuse at 11 a.m. or at 3 p.m.? You're making choices all throughout the day. To live in heaven or to live in hell. Right. 
Yeah, and, and I love that it's pearl connected to pearl. It's not like the necklace is ready made, or it's not like you can make the necklace in exactly. advance for tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like you yeah. got to do every moment on top of every moment, and uh, and I think I get caught up in that too. I'm like, oh my goodness, I have done enough, you know, and I. I really actually even had the thought this morning, I was looking at some things that, you know, I'm concerned about, and I thought, oh, my Lord, I'm just, I'm being punished. And then I thought, oh, where did that come from? I didn't believe in that. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you know. And then I, you know, pretty quickly, gratefully, had the thought of, you know, this is just the human experience. It has nothing to do with being punished or not being punished. And and it's, the, you know, again, the opportunity to reconnect to creating that pearl of joy, and um, I can sure get lost pretty quick. I like that quote, though. I like that a lot. Who said that? Tell me her name again. Julia Cameron. The artist way. I know I did that book years and years ago, but I hadn't heard her name in a long time. Mm. Yeah, and I use that quote in the, um, you know, I do that 30 ideas in 30 minutes as part of reclaiming joy. Yeah. And, and it's one of the quotes that I use in that. 30 minutes, you know, teleseminar. And every time I offer that teleseminar, when I get to that quote, it really reminds me that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm at choice. You know, I get to choose, and joy is like anything else. I get to choose (laughs) that, and if I'm not in joy, if I'm not experiencing joy, then I get to choose what's the next bead on my necklace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can, you know, okay, the bead that was not joy is already on my necklace. That's what I've been experiencing for the last hour. So, mm-hmm. okay, for the next hour, I'm going to choose a different bead. Why do I keep choosing, you know, the same bead? It's like relationships, you know. Why do you keep choosing... Yeah the same kind of person that brings you pain or that, you know, disrespects you or that, you know, when you mm-hmm. when there are a lot of other choices out there. Right, right, right. And a lot of it is, and I think this one thing that I think this show does for me, you know, is just keeping that awareness in the forefront, you know, not getting too far away from, knowing what I know. You know, if I don't go to church, if I don't talk to like-minded people, if I don't, you know, do a meditation or do some sort of daily spiritual practice, you know, I can get pretty far away from the core or the truth of heaven within, the idea of, you know, that that there is this wellspring of streets of gold and everything good, you know, all within me here and now, but if I don't choose to connect with that, you know, throughout my day in some external source to remind me of what's inside, I can I can forget pretty quickly. And I think that's an interesting philosophical plight. You know, it's not like I can, again, know what I know today for tomorrow. I have to kind of re-know it or, you know, continue to, to know it. Right, continue to know it, which for us often feels like I'm simply affirming what I already know, but it is. You're like, I do know this. I know this. I know this today. Yeah, I knew it yesterday, but I know it today, right now. 
Mm-hmm. I know it. It's it's guiding how I live, and you know, I'm just thinking about different people have to find their way of having that reminder and that um, not support. Support's not the word I'm looking for, um, but I can't think of a better word at the moment. Um, and that could, I mean, obviously that can be if you're in a, a church community or a spiritual community a synagogue, a temple, a mosque that supports you remembering and knowing that, that's really good. And you and I both know people who, for whom being out in nature does that for them, right. that, you know, they really need to be out in nature and be around the plants, the flowers, or the, the shifts in seasons uh, for you and for other folks, Um being around pets, dogs and cats and, you know, pets bringing you back to that unconditional love and that being present in the moment. You know, there's so many ways for us to remind ourselves that our experience can be heaven if we choose for that to be so. Right. And in the here and now, yeah. It's just so interesting how that shift of, from the outside to the inside and from the future to the here and now, you know, that just makes all the difference in the world. It's, I'm trying to connect with the idea of, you know, if I'm constantly in a state of trying to earn my way into this heaven on the outside, in a strange way, I now kind of believe that that's, that God kind of, or, you know, spirit or whatever the energy source of life itself is like, oh golly, you know, it's not, it's not that hard or it's not that, Hard work, but you know, yeah, you see hard work. But it, you know, it, it, it's some sort of a sadness to the idea that so many of us walk around, you know, in fear, and that the design, the natural design of life, is you know, for there not to be that fear. That's not. That's not. Uh, that was not the intent. I think coming in. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of sort of well, and of sadness for that. Yeah, the the well, the prodigal son story, the you know the story of the prodigal son, and you know going out trying all these different things that you think you want and that you think are going to make you happy, and ultimately you end up coming back to what was there all the time for you, and that sense right. of love and acceptance. Um, from a humility, not a shame point of view, but the humility of, oh, I don't really need all that stuff. I don't really need all that external acceptance or approval that what I, all I really need was, was always present and available for me. And, you know, I just, I go home and I find it. Yes. And God, and the prodigal son story is good in terms of, you know, God, you, you get home and God didn't say, well, you've been gone for six months and, you know, and I'm going to punish you. But there's, you know, this sense of relief. Finally, you get it, you know. Finally, you get how much joy and love really is available for, you know, unconditionally to us. Right, that you don't have to earn it. It is your birthright. Right, right. And that sense of being living in heaven is all, I think, all, that's what it's all about. 
Yes, connecting to that heaven now, and that and that does it clears away all the cobwebs of the uncertainty when we yeah. really embrace that knowing. It's like um, it's interesting, you know. We try to talk about things that you can't really talk about. You know, you can't put words to. But the the experience of living in the here and now really is one of it. Just it just it just simplifies everything. It just cuts through everything. It just makes everything seem like, oh, right, okay. It's, it's all well, okay. And living in the here and now, <clears throat> and then um, I'm trying to think of a specific example, not an abstract. Living in the here and now and uh, okay, what's coming to mind? Living in the here and now, and I'm in a car accident. Right. And I'm afraid, and I may be physically hurt, and um, and my car is damaged. Right. So I'm living in the here and now. <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm, you know, my body's hurting. <clears throat> I'm bleeding. The car is... You know, I can see that the car is not repairable, um, and I'm afraid. I'm living in the here and now, and and I don't. How, so if that's how I am in this present moment, how can I then say I am experiencing heaven? <laughs> you know, that is such a good question, and I think really when I. I've had experiences like that, shocking experiences, experiences that, you know, fear just kicks in so quickly. It's really in those experiences when I center my mind and remind myself what I know and breathe and do the simple things, you know, that's when the greatest peace comes. And I think it's through my biggest anxiety attacks or panic attacks that I can you know, when I can remind myself, and I used to, you know, wear a bracelet or put a rock in my pocket, something that, you know, represented peace of mind or stillness or, or good, and it, so I knew when I would go into a panic attack or have something, you know, cause me external anxiety, I would have that visual reminder or, tack, you know, I could touch the rock, and it would, it would again, remind me of what I knew, and and it would transcend that panic of that, real life in the moment experience of physical pain or emotional pain and um you know again it was the choice of of doing that or just you know railing around in anxiety and fear and just to yeah. screwed up and will never you know it will never be righted again so yeah right i think that the spiraling down and it can happen so quickly oh my goodness um, but, you know, I, at first, as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, okay, that's Leslie and the Adrenaline Junkie, and, you know, it's like it's got to be major, and, you know, but then as you kept talking, I thought, no, you know, I do that too, and probably everybody does that, that, that things are happening that feel as if they are out of your control, and they feel yeah. like they are major, right. that over time your training does kick in or your meditation practice kicks in and you do start hearing yourself say, 
you know, when you're talking in the extremes and it's bad, it's like, okay, wait, 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 get a grip. Right. So I don't know the answer to this, but God knows the answer. Or I don't know what to do about this, but, you know, I don't have to know how, what to do about it. I just need to breathe right now and let go of me trying to figure it out. Right. And, you know, spiritual, um, I mean, AA, trust that progress will talk about Every time I meditate, every time I do something spiritual or align myself with that, I'm putting that money into that spiritual bank so that when I have that car wreck or I have that tragic moment, you know, I've got spiritual money in the bank to withdraw that I can kind of turn to and say, okay, I need, you know, 10,000 spiritual good thoughts. And, you know, it's available because I've done that practice even when I wasn't in, in you know, difficulty. And I think that's another thing. Um, you know, I watch people kind of come and go from churches or watch people come and go from different spiritual practices that I participate in. And I notice it's real clear when people are in, you know, crisis, you know, they suit up mm-hmm. and show up a lot to spiritual church and the meditation and the different things. And then things start going smoothly and they're like, okay, I got this down, you know. Right. And, um, you know, to show up in a spiritual practice on the good days and on the routine days where nothing much is going on, you know, that's a really powerful thing to do, too. It is. It is. Oh, heaven. Is there a spiritual practice to connect to heaven every day? You know, how do you, would visioning be a practice to do that? Would um, meditation, those are some of the ones we talk about. Well, I think, I think, I think both are, receptive practices and our directive practices um, work. Obviously, as you were just saying in AA, the receptive practices, uh, you know, are ones that help you build your muscle, your spiritual muscle, and and create a reserve for you. And some some, um, more directive practices come to mind for me, like um, we don't often talk about being of service or doing service activities as a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. but I but that's what that's the first thing that came to mind. You know, when I put myself in a situation where I am being of service, community service or something like that, Christmas Day, serving breakfast to the homeless, you know. Uh, throughout the year, you know, once a month, going and providing, um, just visiting people who are in hospice. It's like I am directing my energy in a way that helps to create heaven in my world. Right, 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 right. And when I do that, not from a guilt perspective, not from a I'm adding a points perspective, but I'm doing this because it is my way of expressing the love of God into my community. Right, right. I want other people to know God by my actions without preaching to them, without saying you need to, you know, declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior without saying you better believe in God or you'll go to hell. <laughs> right, right. But through my actions, I'm making a conscious choice in my actions to be the love of God in the world. Right, right. 
that's a spiritual practice. And when we do that, we are calling forth heaven on earth, I think. That's a good, I like that. And I like that, you know, realizing that we can be that example, we can be that connect the dots for somebody that's not in it. You know, people have done that for me. And when I'm not experiencing or, you know, aware of what I know, you know, I can hundreds of times you've done it. Other people in my life have have brought me back into that my own knowing by them living their truth, and then me looking at that and going, "Oh, right, right, that's right, right." So even if they call it something different, you know, even if they have a different name for it, it's kind of like that's, you know, I'm I'm naming what I do. I can't be in control of how what they name what they how they name what they receive. What their interpretation, right, right, right. But it's like, no, that that is building that 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 sense of heaven on earth, um, you know, heaven in on earth in my life as above, so below. That we can make choices, and I, you know, even other directive practices, as you said, going, you know, being a part of a spiritual community, and. Um, you know, going to regular meetings or services. Um, that's a way to help bring heaven into your life. Yep, and and doing that, doing that, um, that old-fashioned journaling thing too, a journaling and attitude of gratitude. The gratitude list brings back heaven to me too. I think yes. it, you know that that sense of gratitude is is heaven. You know, and so when I get into that, then that is what I, that's a reminder, too. So, that's my spiritual practice for the, my spiritual practice tips. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll see if anything else comes to mind, and uh, if not. I might have a devotion to finish up with when we get back. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll see what happens. Stay with (laughs) us for more. Say yes to spirit.
So um, thanks for joining us today. As we wind down, I want to remind you that you do have a homework assignment. We talked about a little bit earlier in the show. And each one of us at some point during the next week, we're going to consciously choose to live in heaven, to experience heaven on earth. And what we want you to pay attention to is what did it feel like when you were intentionally looking around you and interacting with people as a way of, you know, from the perspective of, you know, this is heaven right here and right now. Did it change your behavior in any way? Did you view or treat others differently? Just pay attention to what happens. And, you know, it's up to you whether you might choose to say for an hour a day, you know, I'm going to live as if heaven is on earth. Or if you decide Sunday afternoon, you know, as I go around doing whatever I'm doing, I am going to intentionally experience my life as heaven on earth. Or if you just, you know, randomly when it comes up for you decide to do that. But next week at the top of the show, we'll be talking about our experience and we encourage you to dial in and share your experience as well. Or throughout the week, if you want to jot a note on our show main page, you can go under comments or you can go up to the recording of today's show on heaven and add your comments uh, related to that show as well. So next week we'll be talking about freedom, and that will be our theme for the week, freedom, and maybe free will, how those two are connected. In the meantime, please visit us at GodInMyDay.com or ReclaimJoy.com. And until we meet again, remember to say yes to spirit. 